0: Welcome to the Not Quite the Afterglow podcast. Your chance to see inside the mind of a British 40-something man and his 30-something wife. Not your average couple, but then, this is not your average podcast.
1: Hey guys, you're listening to episode 21 of Not Quite the Afterglow. My name's Richard.
0: And I'm Chloe.
1: We had a request this week from a listener.
0: Yes, we did.
1: We had a request for a topic, an actual topic for the show from someone who listens to this show. Hello, Leah. Hello, Leah. So, we do our best to try and facilitate change where possible. But sometimes change isn't possible. Now, Leah, um, who you actually went to school with...
0: Yes, I did.
1: ...is married to an amazing chap with an amazing beard... ...called Rob. ...called Rob, who's actually... He's actually a very suave gentleman. I, I'm very jealous of him, actually. He's because he well, has a beard. He has a beard. He's very well kept. He likes trains. Yeah. He's a bit of a dude. <laughs> but there is a bit of a thing where he hasn't changed a toilet seat for three years. Yes. Now, this isn't, this isn't a request show, but Leah has reached out to us and asked, asked us to ask Rob to change the toilet seat.
0: I think it has been a cause of arguments between them one of those I've asked you to do this and you haven't and then it just keeps cropping up which I'm, is I'm
1: usually pretty good at stuff if you ask me to do stuff like that I will do it.
0: I mean literally today you had to be Mr. Fix it because halfway through the cycle the dishwasher blinked up with some light that said it had an error and uh you I just, managed
1: I had to strip it down you managed to, out. to fix it. I did. I and you
0: washed it. up the stuff that was on the side as well. And I you did. get bonus points for that. I did. But I think we always have things but. that we need our partners to do, but that they don't get done.
1: Oh, yes. <laughs> what oh, is yes. There that, there... married, married life is all about disappointment. Yes. <laughs> on both sides.
0: I think it's probably one of those things where... You know you can't do it yourself, so you need someone else to do it for you, but they don't see oh, it as yes. being the priority that you see it as like I don't that, know that that could be just a off the top one. of my so head many things just off mean. the top of my head, like cleaning cobwebs from the corner of the ceiling
1: which you can't see because you're too short. So
0: yeah, therefore... I'm too short, so it never never bothers me, but it's something you'll occasionally go on about, and you'll be like, look at all these cobwebs hanging down, and and I'm always like, well, I'm so short, sure I don't see them, and I, I, I just don't think to clean that bit.
1: I'm usually pretty good when it comes to chores. I spent my, my, my birthday weekend this weekend, I was 45 years old, I spent my entire birthday weekend doing chores.
0: Yes, well...
1: I I had to do sorts. that. yeah, but it was hard, hard back breaking chores. It wasn't, Run, it wasn't shifting
0: drum kits, though, was it?
1: The drum kits are fine. We will leave them. We sell them.
0: My my issues with you are drum kits,
1: guitars, amplifiers, uh,
0: laptops,
1: twenty laptops,
0: cables, just cables. We have so many cables in this house that we probably don't even need do We do. do. All well, I have things. 20
1: laptops and 20 charges, or 20 laptops and 25 charges, or whatever. And, yeah, I have too many laptops, but... And I too many them. T-shirts. And too many T-shirts. I have too much everything. Yeah, I was going to say, need yeah. a bigger house.
0: You have multiples, like, why we have, a, have...
1: We have a big four-bedroom detached house, and it's too small.
0: Why have, like, one set of spanners when you can have four sets of spanners? I think the the thing that brought it to the I fore... I bought another set of spanners that don't give them to Mark. I, I think one of the things that brought it to the fore was when... We were sorting some stuff out, and we found that we had four paper guillotines. I
1: mean, three power, four four power drills. Because every time I can't find a power drill, I go and buy another one.
0: I know, but I mean, four paper guillotine I mean, a lot of people don't have a guillotine for paper anyway. But to then have four is ridiculous. And do you know? Do you know what the funny thing is? I I inherited one of those for myself. The one that you'd put your signature on the back. Although who was going to steal it? Um, and it's actually slightly broken. But rather than one. yeah no, but rather than replace it with one of the other three, I just carry on using it, even though it's a bit broken. That's my mentality. Until, until
1: you lose a fingertip, and then no one will want you.
0: No, the guard isn't completely broken off. It's Com- just uh, it not
1: completely broken off. You just get rid of it. If it's health and safety, then get rid of it. Don't don't damage yourself. I, I don't want to live often? with a mutated woman. Don't how? don't chop your fingers off. It'll be. It's. Uh, I don't want to live with someone who's missing fingers just because she was silly.
0: I have to say, slicing pieces of paper is not something I have to do on a regular basis. Okay. But well, yeah, I think those would be my key things that I want you to do, and to sort the garage out uh, are the things I would want you to do. But I can't. That just never happen. I, I can't
1: sort our garage out because it's six foot deep in stuff, twenty five foot long, twenty five by six foot deep. In my tech gear and stuff, and camping gear and stuff, it's actually six foot high, twenty five foot by six foot.
0: And the mystery boxes of stuff that we put in the garage when we moved ha- house and that we never ago,
1: opened that we've never opened that are going to go. We haven't had the weather to do the garage, and I promise when we have the weather, we will. We have two skips ready to do the garage. I just haven't had time to do it. I can't think but, of anything but that Rob, I promise. Rob has time to preen a beautiful beard. And Rob (laughs) hasn't changed this toilet seat. So here's a shout out to Rob. Rob, Leah would like you to change the toilet seat. So thousands of people listening to this podcast are counting you to do the the done thing and to change the toilet
0: seat. Please send us a photo before and after.
1: Before and after photo. (laughs) <laughs> Rob of the toilet seat because honestly, it's two bolts. How difficult can this be? I even I can do this standing on my head.
0: Uh, and if you do that, then I will uh, endeavour to get the cobwebs in the top corners. I can't think that there's anything else that you want me to do. That oh, just there's loads happen. of things that I
1: want you to do. That just we just can't talk about it on air.
0: Yes, wow, well, yeah. Anything inside the bedroom, you know. I can't. All, yes. You've but... just, if we've just had Christmas and your birthday. It's Valentine's Day, and then that's that's me done for the rest of the year. Surely. <laughs>
1: Right to heal over, get married. They said, have lots of sex. They said, Oh, when you, go, when you go to school, they should tell you that that's not what married life's about, is it? No, it's
0: about arguing when you, when, about doing household
1: jobs. Yeah, when, when you're a teenager, you have all this carefree sex, it's amazing. And then when you get married, it's just like, oh, I remember that day, those days. Have a me, they said, have carefree sex, they said, rubbish. I want my money back. Do you? I want my money back. I want my money back. I. I deserve. I deserve my money back because I tell you what, I've been sold a crock.
0: I think I want a refund as well. Although to be fair, you know, you you haven't really changed a great deal when I, I married you, so I'm maybe still, I just I picked. Still,
1: you picked badly, but we. Had no, two I just reasons. missed you in your prime. That's you, the difference. I've oh, oh, always saw, You saw this. photos of me in my prime. I looked stunning.
0: I've seen pictures of Richard when he was in his. I would say kind of late teens to early 20s, where he's this I was handsome, to. dashing man. Um, he had a, a short face with bad skin, but that had passed by these photos. And he just, he, you, you know, I've missed you in your prime. You have basically. missed me in
1: my prime, but you're yeah. in your prime. So I should be having a weight of a diamond, you know.
0: Exactly. Like my 30s is supposed to be, your 30s is meant to be like one of your prime ages as a, as a woman. So yeah you you you've done well. I'm,
1: I I I I used to read these Mike Mike is it Mike Gale? The author yes. of Mike Gale yeah because I talked to him on Twitter a few times. I used to read the Mike Gale books long before we got married. Before I met you actually because when we met, do you remember, we had duplicates of all the Mike Gale books Because yes, you had we them did. and I had them. Um and I used to read the Mike Gale books and think what's married life like? You know, there's all this negotiation and all this sort of like hostage to fortune it wasn't it when you're wasn't married. so much about married
0: it was just leading up to that bit of sort of being in a relationship and finding the one and settling and then going from there i think
1: yeah but there is this whole angst about finding the one and you were saying earlier that you know some people get married two or three times and that's just quite common now people have to be on their third marriage i find the whole thing but it's
0: like you can be on your third career in your lifetime it's a different world now yeah
1: but i can't imagine having been married three times because that there's all the hassle of getting divorced and remarried and stuff i thought if you've been divorced once why would you want to remarry
0: yeah you say that but i think it's just you know if there are no children involved it it's kind of you just draw a line under that and once you move on you know once you've made a legal separation and your financial ties are, are no longer there or anything else then it's it's kind of like it never happened i guess yeah i don't
1: i mean the things i don't believe you know i have this aversion to divorce that my parents were married for well, until my dad died
0: oh yeah well i mean i'm I fully understand that we're we're stuck with each other oh yeah i, I mean the, the, th- the whole May. thing
1: was we were together for a long time before we got married and um you know very much i'm more concerned i'm less concerned about getting divorced than i am about dying age 52 eating a burger or something you know that that's that's more of a concern to me don't look give me that
0: look i'm giving you that look cuz you had a burger the look. other day
1: i had a burger yesterday for my birthday lunch
0: and you told all the world
1: that i'm on a diet i am on a diet i'm eating very healthily i had a burger cuz it's my birthday yeah. And it was a very nice burger. And I only ordered it because the chap at the next table in the restaurant where we go to you said, "Look what he's got, you should change your order." So I did. I didn't say you should did. change your order.
0: I just said, I just did that thing where you sort of tilt your head as if to say like, "Look what they've got over there." And then but literally as soon as the the girl came over to take the order, you were like, "Yeah, I'll have a burger, please." <laughs> I, have the,
1: I have the burger. We're really fortunate where we live is four minutes five minutes from beautiful rolling countryside isn't it yeah we are we are on the we should be able to see the somerset border from my house we're that close to somerset yeah. You know, we, we are minutes away from Somerset. So we, we, we are the the very northern edge of Wiltshire, looking at Somerset. And around the corner from the house, we have a, a beautiful castle, 16th century castle and chapel. We have lots of the stuff the kids love. nearby. But we have a, a hotel spa that we are now members of. It's fantastic. And we were sitting in the spa the other day. And I looked down. I looked down and I said to you, Oh, look at all my white chest hair. I, and I, I suddenly felt like Father Christmas because all of a sudden, it's just white. It's like this thick white carpet. This is the bit when
0: when Richard and I first met. He did you did have a few flecks of grey in your hair, yeah. But you only had like the odd hair, like grey chest hair, which I used to take great delight in pulling out tweezers in pulling out with tweezers just because you know it's one of those things. Why wouldn't you do that when you're in the early courting stages of a relationship? Um, but now. You've got loads of white, and the thing is, it's it's like all at the top. It's all at the top of your chest, like shoulder-ish, and then once it gets a bit lower, there's no white. It's all brown. So I'm thinking, like eventually, you're like a dip dye or something. Like eventually, it's going to spread all the way down your body.
1: No, Um, that'd be awful. I can't imagine being completely white. That would be awful. I
0: don't know. It must happen eventually. I can't see that you could I'm going to keep... die. I'm
1: going to fight it. I'm just going to keep dying it. Well, you can dye your chest hair. you can. I, I used to condition hair it. and whatever. I used to condition my chest hair, which was awful because... You, I'm sorry if any of you, you are you, eating, you, by the way, listen to this. When I, when I was in my early 20s, I used to take... Well, you know I take a long time in the shower. I take way too long in the bathroom. But I used to condition my chest hair. And it sometimes used to backfire on me if you wore the wrong clothes like a polo neck jumper or something like that because all you would do all day is create static massive amounts of static because your hair was so conditioned and curly and da, da, da. it was awful and you know I was touching circuit boards and stuff dangerous stuff
0: see I really did miss you in your prime you didn't did you did miss me in my prime silky no. silky soft static silky chest hair yeah, with no grey
1: uh, I'm painting a horrible mental picture here but seriously <laughs> what I'm saying is you know when we sign up for to be an adult I think you think that when you become an adult shit makes sense and, and is easier to understand. I, I genuinely do. I genuinely... Th- I used to think that my parents had a clue. When you're a child, you think your parents have a clue.
0: Nobody ever has a clue there. That's the but, whole but point, that, isn't it? But they it? don't
1: tell you that. They don't tell you that at grade school or high school or university. They don't say, when you get to 40, you're still going to be as screwed up as as you were. Um, you might just have a little bit more money in the bank and you might have a bit of a cushion. But Stuff is still gonna not make any sense whatsoever. you are still gonna be fighting. It. I think we you're spend our lives.
0: I think we spend our lives just Surviving. You know, yeah, and just kind of winging it a bit. And as much as your you think your parents knew everything and stuff, obviously they they don't know everything. And the and you think by a certain stage you've experienced everything and that's it, but then it's it's not because as a like say like our parents. You, you reach a certain point and then all of a sudden you're grandparents and that adds like a whole different dimension to, you know, what, you know, being a, been a parent before but not a grandparent and, you know, how, how does that affect but things? Do, do, and do
1: you look at your parents differently now that you're a parent? Do you look at your parents and think, you did this before, what did you do? Or did, did you did this before?
0: I, I do. I think I... Um, as you get older, I think you see your parents as people within their own right, actually. You know, they're, they're more than just your parents. Obviously, <coughs> you know, you see them in a very sort of um, nurturing way and, and sort of giving advice and stuff. But you also see them as just, you know, regular people and, and that the, the type of person that they are and um, that they're, you know, that they're not perfect. Um, obviously, for our children listening, we are perfect, but... Um, you, you kind of.
1: I that, don't know. You just our, sort of see them differently. Actually, our children are actually blessed with fantastic grandparents and great grandparents on your side. All, all my grandparents are long deceased, but um, they are blessed by having grandparents who are who stretch their minds, who facilitate, you know, spatial growth and, and, and help them, with, you know. With what, what those bead things they do hammer bead hammer bead pictures and stuff you know if you told your mum 10 years ago that she'd be doing this stuff and um, making puzzles and stuff and she's 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 become uh, you know and, and your dad as well they, 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 they say the grandchildren complete the life
0: i think they just allow you to sort of be like a parent but sort of stepped back and a bit more relaxed because certainly there is no way when I was younger you were allowed to do things like eat stuff in the lounge that wasn't even on a plate or, um, you know, not tidy stuff away. You know, grandparents are yeah. way more relaxed than they were as parents. But going back to what you said before, I think it's... I kind of do see that sometimes, you know, like my parents don't necessarily know and are just sort of making it up as they as they go along um because of the you know obviously as i say that stage of them being grandparents but also dealing with you know their um elderly parents and stuff as well and then you know and that must put you in a very strange position where you're having to be the clearer. the well yeah the the more responsible one you're you're the one who's having to make a lot of decisions and you know every, you're it's like Partly when when your father died, like you felt suddenly you were the man of the house, you know, yeah. where you feel like your roles are you're, are changing slightly, you know, and you go from being the one who was nurtured and and everything to being the one who is now, you know, nurturing and and sort of caring for for your parents, I suppose.
1: I mean, I, my dad died twenty odd years ago, and when he did die, I remember. The day after he died, waking up and thinking life will never really be the same again and 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 then starting this journey of grief and that that grief also became a journey of discovery as well because it enabled me to stand on my own two feet because there was no one to help me.
0: Yeah. And it, and going back to like our parents and stuff. Yeah. Obviously for your mum, it was something that she she never imagined would happen. And then no, she you know, and she out. she had to sort she'd of ever work driven out was 10 miles. Yeah, but I mean it, that was a new thing that she had to work out and she had to sort of make that up as she was going she had along. To pay bills, had and to, you know, and, and it. it's not it's not something that you could then go to your like to her parents for example, you know, obviously she'd lost her mum and you don't know you just have to make it up as you go along. And I think as as we get older and we start to realise how much we make it up, everyone is making up as they go along. You know, the, I mean, there's great wisdom in, in our grandparents and things, but at the end of the day, the world that they grew up in and their experiences are so different to the ones that we have because, you know, things change as
1: time moves on. If in years to come our to sit and listen to these podcasts... Which they may. I was driving down the road the other day and I was thinking that I have very little. I think I have a couple of cassettes of my father singing in a choir and I have a video of about three or four minutes of my father. That's all I have of him because he lived in a different age where people didn't do stuff like that. And he was behind the camera, never in front of the camera. But if our children listen back in 15, 20, 30 years to this digital media and they suddenly realise that Life is very precious and while it's it's good to feel mortal, it's better to feel alive. It's better to feel that you're contributing something to the greater good. But also that you're shaping the world that touches all the people that you care about. How you, not necessarily influence, but how you maybe don't make the wrong impact Because you can very easily make the wrong impact. I'm not talking about the wrong impression. I'm talking about a negative impact on people around you on their.
0: Do you think that's something we're more aware of as we get older now as well, uh, as opposed to sort of having... Because when you're younger and maybe you don't have responsibilities and stuff, you you do think about just yourself, I think, more. And you don't think of your wider influence, I suppose, and your you know, the way your actions affect other people?
1: I I, I don't know. I mean, I feel sometimes that, especially when I'm travelling on public transport, when you you don't necessarily want to put your headphones in because you're aware. I'm always very aware that people can hear the bleed from my headphones, you know, that it's going to affect them. So very often I just don't do it. I'll just
0: also add, when you have headphones on, you breathe really loudly. I do, but I breathe really loudly <laughs> on here.
1: I, I could explain. I mean, people who people who sometimes think that they can hear my breathing on the, on the microphone, it's not because I'm asthmatic. It's purely because I'm...
0: Got a big nose? No.
1: Look at how I'm sitting. I'm sitting on a small chair in a recording studio. It's not probably the right chair with the right posture. I'm leaning cl- too close to an incredibly sensitive piece of studio equipment. And... Um, I'm permanently bunged up at the minute. I'm permanently... At the minute, the last few months, I've been permanently nasally bunged up. So, instead of breathing through my nose, it's all...
0: No, you've always done this. Have I? Yes. Okay. I can always tell it's when probably... you've got headphones on. Because, well, for one, you always have the volume way too loud. But I you do. also... You just breathe so loudly. Is it's that just, what it is? It's just... It's really annoying. <laughs> I mean, I just... I don't know why. It, it's not like you're trying to hum or anything to some music, but... Maybe it's because you
1: can't... Excuse me. You're not boring me. I'm tired.
0: Okay. Maybe it's because you can't actually hear yourself breathing that you just sort of relax. But you do. You really do breathe very loudly when you've got headphones on. So I wouldn't want to be sat next to you on public transport.
1: When I went for my health checkup and a, a scan of my lungs and stuff recently... um I said to them, I said, oh, I breathe very heavily. And they said, you have a fine set of lungs. There's not, no, there isn't a problem with, you know, you have enormous, You have a very big chest, though. I, have a very, I do. I have a 54-inch, 54 54- 54 or 56-inch chest, which is very big. And uh, I have a very, very large lung capacity. So, um, yeah, I do breathe heavily.
0: We're, we're the wrong way around. I should we be are. the one with the 56-inch chest. I'm so I? glad you're not. That would be awful <laughs>
1: because, you know, th- they would walk into the room before you and I think that would be off-putting. And also, you wouldn't get a seatbelt on.
0: Well, there you go. It's a safety we'll issue. be able to
1: get a seatbelt on. Oh, it'll be a real pain in the neck you know, and back-breaking. <laughs> I like you how you are. Thank you very much. And uh, I am a boob man, so there you go. Back to the topic at hand. When we talk about how marriage changes us and how we have responsibilities within a marriage, do you think, therefore, that... You should get rewarded within the marriage? Do you think it's about rewards? Do you think it's about give and take? Or
0: When you say reward, I'm thinking, like, should I be paid an b- annual bonus
1: for you are, sticking you are with paid, you? You are paid an annual bonus. I do pay you an annual bonus. I know, you know what I mean, though, for, I, I for do, putting I, up with I you. Do, <laughs> I do actually pay you a salary. So that's one of the reasons you're here, isn't it? Yeah. That's the only reason, because you get a salary and a pension. There are very few wives listening to this podcast who get a salary and a pension from their husband.
0: Yes. Well, technically, it's not from you, because we have a company together. But yeah. anyway... Um, do you think, well, I don't know, because really, you know, the, a good, having a good marriage, your good relationship is the reward in itself, isn't it? No. I know that sounds naff.
1: No, it's not.
0: Well, it does, because it if you both put me. in, if you both put in the hard work. i put
1: in the hard work.
0: Then, then you have an easier, you know, happy wife, happy life, or whatever it is. I might have
1: a happy wife, but she falls asleep talking about cheese, and I'm sort of And power rangers. It. Do you know how many nights I lie there in bed thinking... She fell asleep again. She fell asleep again. It's 20 past nine. She fell asleep again.
0: Do you know how many mornings I wake up and think, I only had to get out once last night for a child or a dog or both? There's always there's always something that's going to interrupt my sleep. And then it, the worst thing is, is when you have a child who wakes up like once a night, every night for say like a week or something, you can guarantee that one night when they they don't don't wake up You wake up. You wake up like five times because your body is anticipating it's gonna happen and it just doesn't happen. And that's that's the most annoying thing. And I always thought if you'd had said to me when our first was like a newborn, Oh, you're never you know, you're not gonna get any sleep, you know, that kind of thing and I would have been like, oh yeah But you know, thinking to myself, Well by the time they're like five or six blatantly they're just going to be sleeping fine no (laughs) because we have six and four and you well a lot of the times the four-year-old will wake up but it only takes one of them being a bit ill or something like the other week when for some reason the gate at the bottom of the stairs didn't shut properly and the dog just bounded upstairs and leapt on our bed and then when shooed out leapt on one of the kids beds and stuff you know you just um you're I don't know. Never I, gonna sleep I, for I, I often
1: I often think I'm extremely lucky to be in a very happy, safe marriage. I'm very lucky to have to have to be able to do what I do for a living. To be able to choose what I do for a living. But also, I'm very I'm very grateful that together we've built something very very strong around that marriage, which is the ability to talk about anything and everything. Yeah, I think and, that's and and in some marriages there isn't that freedom to be able to talk about stupid shit that might just derail you. Talk yeah. about stupid shit that might just catch you cold. I
0: don't know whether that's because we're you know in the scheme of things still relatively early on in the whole marriage thing. I mean we're we're 5 years in now, which is you, I've been seems a, quarter a lot but, of my life. No, but 5 years in is a lot but at the same time it's it's not a lot in a, in a Scheme of a whole lifetime is it? So
1: I've been with you a quarter of my life.
0: Yes, the most important quarter. Yeah,
1: yeah, the most important. The, I mean, I how how old was I when Chris when I, our eldest was born? Thirty-eight.
0: I don't know something like that. Yeah,
1: yeah, thirty-eight when he was born, which is quite late in some cultures to start a family. Wow, well, look
0: at Rod Stewart and Mick Jagger. I mean, but they're banging the
1: My father was twenty-four when I was born.
0: It's different it's a different
1: time though, isn't it? I was thirty eight, so you know, and all the worries I've always had about being an older father don't really bother me that much anymore.
0: Do you think that's because you're past the baby phase now though? Because I think that's the bit you know, once the child char- once the child sort of becomes more self sufficient, you know, I think it doesn't matter whether they're four or whether they're eight or whether they're twelve. I, it's the baby I, I, bit that's the harder.
1: I, I don't think it was for me the, the difficult thing, the, the baby phase. I think the difficult stage for me was realizing that when you have children, the first six months of, or the first six to eight months of having a baby is extremely boring. I. And I don't mean that rudely.
0: I'm but so. But it is very boring. I'm so glad that you had the time to be bored because i tell you what no i don't you...
1: i don't i don't mean i don't I, I don't mean not pulling my weight and stuff what i'm saying is don't doesn't do much
0: yeah i i'm not one of these doesn't people that goes do much. i don't go gooey over no, uh, newborns because no, they don't. literally no do i don't nothing but once you Eat, know sleep
1: shit at six or seven months sit up I can remember Whoop-y-poo.
0: with our second because he was that much harder work than our first. Well, I can remember he just thinking hell. to myself, I just I just can't wait to get to 5 weeks so at least I get a smile. Like I was just waiting for that bit when the, when the child begins to smile by themselves because I was like I'm just giving out so much and I'm getting zero in return. You know, and I think I don't know. It's like when you train your dog, you know, like when you train your dog to sit for a treat or to come the to you and stuff. The dog will not
1: sit for me at all. She sits for you. She won't do anything for me.
0: But you know that sort of She
1: laughs at me.
0: Sense, of, sense of satisfaction that you have made that dog do something. You have imparted a, a wisdom or you've trained it or whatever to do something, you know, and it's kind of an reward to you. Hey, 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 I have, it, I
1: have done that. What happens when the kid's when the kids are flatulent, when the kids let off wind you, you taught
0: you've instead of saying pardon me which is what i've told them to do they say Wah, hey. but they've been told that they are only allowed to say that around you not in polite company
1: <laughs> so if the kids let off wind the custom is to say "wahay" hey! and put a fist in the air but
0: you feel a sense and, of pride and I feel I feel,
1: I feel I feel i'm just like i have accomplished almost everything in life now that I've taught my children to celebrate flatulence.
0: But what I'm saying is you, you feel that sense of pride that you have imparted something on them and they demonstrate it back to you and that's why I guess you think it's so boring when they're small because they they don't, you're you're giving out to them but you get nothing back. You can't see the, imp- I mean obviously you can see the impact you're having on them because you know they're thriving and they're happy and they're fed and they do sleep occasionally and, and everything else but I think definitely as they as a baby gets sort of slightly older you you do actually start getting something back but the very beginning bit is kind of is a little bit boring I, particularly I, I, I
1: want I want our children or I want our children to be successful happy healthy young people who are able to find their feet in the least challenging way possible while circumventing and navigating all the horrid shit that happens when you're a teenager, all the horrid stuff that we forgot about, all the horrid stuff that you forgot about, that you know there was horrid shit.
0: I just, I yeah, teenagers. Nobody likes teenagers because
1: who would want to be a teenager? And thank God we can't do that. You know, they but think our children so cool, are going to be not. teenagers before we know it. Okay, and.
0: You're just gonna be so embarrassing to them
1: I am but I, I'm gonna give them I'm gonna give them two bits of wisdom okay two bits of my imparted wisdom to our teenage children in case I don't make it to another teenage they can listen to this okay my two bits of imparted wisdom are copy your mother and be a people watcher number one.
0: So so that you don't miss out on having a substandard dinner because the people next door have got a better meal than you were going to order. <laughs> no,
1: no. I, I, I honestly, I, I didn't do this when I was a teenager, but I wish I had. I wish I'd had the common sense to stand back and watch how people perceive other people's actions and the way that people are so that you know how to carry yourself better, so that you know how not to behave how you know no how, how not to use your voice or your diction or whatever how you can sit in a classroom with your peers and to stand out by being slightly different and slightly more polished all these things I think if they if they can listen to you and be shaped about how how to react and to behave with people I think that's a massive thing and the other thing is learn to play a bloody instrument Because it doesn't matter how bad things are when you're a teenager. If you can play an instrument, if you can play an instrument, you can play an instrument well and you can keep practising that instrument, you will never be short of friends. That's very And you'll never be short of a party. And you'll always have something that when the crap hits the fan... When you're older, you can tell people... And you're stuck in your room...
0: You can say this one time you can, at you band can camp. Say,
1: if this one time at band camp. I put a flute up, whatever. But my, seriously, if they can practice an instrument and they can... Because I tell you what... All
0: well, the when, time they when, spend practicing an instrument is time that they won't spend doing things they shouldn't be doing.
1: Yeah, but also, you know, I, I, I do believe a, a fantastic balanced education is important, but I also believe a fantastic balanced education is not important. I think as long as you can... Communicate. I think as long as you can multiply, as long as you can read, as long as you can converse, they're all the skills that you need in this world.
0: As long as you can, you
1: do not need to know how to use Bunsen burner. You do not need to know what a a prime number is. You do not need to know all this shit because it's never ever going to change your world. Yeah. If I'd known, well, unless you're going to be like a physicist, if I'd well, I'm hoping they're not going to be a physicist because artificial intelligence will replace them. I'm hoping they're going to be accomplish people in their own rights doing whatever they need to do to keep happy um and as i said learn an instrument play the drums play bass guitar play guitar i've left you all this kit to play so you, you don't ever have to buy anything your dad's already done it for you so learn to play an instrument because when your girlfriend dumps you or when your friends will disappear without you to a nightclub or when you can sit at home outside. by yourself you and you sit your at home loot. you can sit at home and listen to Jimi hendrix or listen to steve winwood or whatever whatever you want to listen to and 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 get get your chops and become an individual and become and, and think about the ecosystem around you because i tell you what you know, I've never used a protractor again. I've never used a set square again. I've never used a compass again. I don't give a toss about how to make cotton or whatever. None of these, th- none of these skills I learned at a, a very elite school have helped me at all. The only thing that... that, that you can't that,
0: even tie a tie properly, can you?
1: Nope, I can't even tie a tie. I went to an elite boys' school and I still can't tie a tie. None of the things that I learned academically I use on a daily basis, apart from writing because I write a lot of the stuff I do, I write, I mean, I woke up at one o'clock this morning and go back to sleep and I wrote 4,000 words. Um, so as long as you can write, as long as you can communicate, and as long as you can get a balanced point of view and you can listen to others and be impartial to a degree, that's all you need in this world. And to do that, you have to survive seven to eight years of senior school and maybe, you know, if you feel the need to go to university and get a degree, all well and good, I don't think you need to nowadays. But, You, as an individual, when you walked into my life, you set the whole world up on its end. Because I had a way of doing things, me and a little white dog.
0: And then suddenly you needed to use your compass.
1: No, my point is I had a big house I used to rattle about in, me and a little white dog. And everything, everything was just like, everything worked. Then you came along and disrupted everything for the better
0: exactly
1: so what i'm saying is life it's life's lessons so when you find the one that you're going to marry you know it's the one that you're going to marry when she comes in and turns your world upside down if someone comes into your life and it's just about the attraction and the lust and the companionship don't marry him or her because that's not the one that's that's a that's a a companion on life's journey that's a journeyman if the one that comes in completely disrupts everything that you do and makes you think out the box and, and, and sort of scares you a little bit, then that's the one that you put a ring on.
0: Scares you, challenges you, yeah, compliments that's you. that's the one you put a ring on. It's the synergy. It's the one-on-one equals three.
1: It's not even the attraction. The one that you marry might not be the hottest one you ever met.
0: Well, yeah, obviously.
1: And it's not going to be the one you had the best sex with, but. There was a thing, who's that Mickey Flanagan, the comic you like? Yeah. He said there are different women that you meet and different men that you meet. And he said, you know, he said, the, he said, you know, when you go through life, you meet the one, you know, who's this and that. And then you meet the one who's fantastic in bed. But she also ties you up and <laughs> holds a knife to your throat. And she's, a bit of, she's a bit of a head case. So you marry the safe one. I didn't marry the safe one. I'm very lucky. I, I never tied one.
0: you up and and thread you with a knife.
1: No, not with a knife. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'm very fortunate. But I'm I, what I'm saying is that, you know, the journey that we're on as adults through life, if you're going to go on a journey, at least do it with someone who challenges you.
0: Yes. Or someone who is challenging, as I find you sometimes.
1: And rewarding. I wouldn't say I'm challenging. And
0: rewarding. And someone who who will not be afraid to get their hands dirty and do a bit of DIY.
1: I do do DIY. I'm just not very good at it.
0: Right. Well, on that note, we will be back next week with a special I feel like I should have some sort of harp music in the background with our Valentine's with our Day Valentine's Day special. And it won't be it you won't just be excuse a... me
1: of being bad with my hands. So how's this going to turn out for Valentine's Day?
0: Um, and it won't be, you know, like a, a podcast love fest, but we will we will talk a little bit about Valentine's Day and what it means to different people and things. And also I think we will do some sort of Valentine's quiz type activity. That's a
1: good idea. So sort of like a Cards Against Humanity type Valentine's thing. Is that what you've got in mind?
0: Yes. <sighs> That'll be fantastic. Yeah. Something about you and a pineapple and a bottle of lube bottle of lube that'd be good I'll enjoy that
1: one I'll come, come prepared you've been listening to episode 21 of Not Quite the Afterplay see you next week bye bye guys
0: thanks for listening remember you can subscribe via iTunes on your Apple device if you are an Android user we recommend using CastBox available free from the Google Play Store find us on Facebook search Not Quite the Afterglow